This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to the following members and honorary members. Marcine Kam Miduch, TI-19705, from Polish Garrison. Gunter Henze, ID-22247, from German Garrison. Benji Berry, DZ-20153, from United Kingdom Garrison. Rudy Cabrera, DZ-41471, from Star Garrison. Master Sailor Duane Earl, TK-26222, from Outer Rim Garrison. And sadly, the original men behind the masks of Darth Vader and Boba Fett passed away since our last episode. David Prowse and Jeremy Bullock, the latter also UK Garrison member BH5211, will forever be in our hearts. We honor them all with revered places in our Hall of Eternal Legionnaires. On the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned to global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate decades of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. Give me a regular report, please. Right. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome back to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. This is episode 127 for January 2021, and here are your hosts, myself, Joe, T.I., and S.L., 12743. Nikki, DZ8397. This is Marcus, TK14057. And Todd, TB, and T.I., 10078. The 501st Legion is currently at 14,064 members with 30,615 approved costumes in the Legion. Our newest member listed on 501st.com at the time of recording is John, TI-42937, a new Thai reserve pilot, my kind of pilot, for Mid-South Garrison's Twin Sun Squad. In this episode, we help Salvation Army give out presents, host a virtual mini-con, and add a new charity spotlight to our show. Stay tuned. Before we get too much further into this month's episode, we want to be sure to extend our wishes to all of our listeners that you are staying safe during this continued pandemic, and especially for our U.S. listeners, this political unrest. We certainly need a new word to describe this period in history, but for now, unprecedented is going to have to continue to do the job. While we all miss trooping and conventions and being with friends, we want to be able to gather again with all our friends and have no missing seats at the post-troop dinners. So stay safe, everyone. Thank you, Nikki. Although there was no new Star Wars movie this past December, which in hindsight was likely a very good thing, Disney Lucasfilm is keeping the Star Wars fandom candle burning strong. With The Mandalorian, announcements of so many new Disney Plus shows in the pipeline, the launch of Star Wars The High Republic last week, and now this week, the launch of Lucasfilm Games. Join us at the very end of the episode for a Mando Season 2 roundup, or if you for some unfathomable reason haven't watched Season 2, you can skip the tail end of this episode so you won't get spoiled. And here are the new costume reference library editions since our last episode. The Armored Cavalry Detachment has added the Star Wars Rebels variant of the ADAT driver to its roster, or as some people like to say, the AT-AT driver. Either way, the new CRL is ready. The nefarious Hondo Onaka is now a full-fledged roster member for our Underworld Detachment. Be sure to check out the link in our show notes for photos of this fantastic recreation by Jim, DZ12638, from Canadian Garrison. The Pathfinders have added another Shore Trooper variant to their roster, the Shore Trooper Officer, as seen in Battlefront 2. Bounty Hunters Guild has added the live-action version of Death Watch, as seen in The Mandalorian, to their ranks. And last but not least, Din Djarin and all his shiny Beskar goodness is now a greenlit CRL, thanks to the hard work of the Bounty Hunters Guild. 
All those costumes are now ready for independent GML approval. As always, you can check out links directly to each CRL in our show notes, and you can see the full list at 501st.com slash CRL. Thanks again to the Legion membership team for these updates. Now, speaking of detachments, we're going to give you a sneak peek about the content of our next Facebook Live show. We've invited one of our detachment leaders to join us, not only to help answer your general membership questions, but any specific questions you might have about the costumes in our Pathfinders detachment. This includes the ever-popular Scout Trooper, but also the newly popular Shore Trooper, and a few other variants that they are in charge of. Stay tuned to our social media channels, where we'll post the day and time for you to tune in. For this month's Catching Up With Our HMs, we wanted to extend healing thoughts and well wishes to Tom Kane, the voice of animated Yoda, as he recovers from a stroke he had a couple months ago. Here is part of the update posted by his daughter a couple weeks ago. The stroke gave him right-sided weakness and damage to the speech center of his brain. This means right now he could not efficiently communicate verbally, nor read or spell. He is still competent and very much himself, but can only get out a few words right now. As many of you might know about strokes, it is possible for him to gain these functions back, and we have found him excellent care in Kansas City for speech, occupational, and physical therapy. But for now, we have been warned by his neurologist that he may not do voiceovers again. My dad still remains in good spirits, and his extreme stubbornness has helped him already show improvements in speech. We wish you much strength and healing, Mr. Kane, as you work your way through your therapy sessions. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and you're listening to the 501st cast. This is the cast you're looking for. <laughs> Empire City Garrison once again helped out one of their favorite charities by donating numerous Star Wars items to their online eBay auctions. CP Nassau had over 30 auctions that concluded on December 3rd, including toys, games, toddler clothes, and collectibles all donated to the agency. They featured five very special Star Wars-themed auction bundles donated by members of Empire City Garrison that contained various figure action figures and an animated Baby Yoda. Four of them also featured a special bonus signed item donated by Star Wars actor Dominic Pace, who played Gecko the Bounty Hunter on The Mandalorian TV show. ECG's CEO Chris, TK6744, also used this as a virtual trooping opportunity and did a promo video for the event to use on Facebook and YouTube to help promote the charity auctions. When the auctions ended, the Star Wars items brought in $400 after fees and shipping for CP Nassau. ECG would like to thank their members who donated items, Matt, IN62257, Chris, TB6744, Ron, SL5928, and Joe, SL91452. Plus, of course, special thanks to Dominic Pace for donating the signed items. They definitely helped attract interest and get buyers excited about the auctions. Empire City Garrison attended a virtual holiday charity benefit party for the John Thiessen Foundation at Grasshopper's Comics on Long Island, New York, the night of Saturday, December 12th. The event featured a virtual raffle that was broadcast on Facebook, and ECG's trooping duo of Chris TB6744 and Ron SL5928 were on hand to highlight the prizes. This is an annual event the ECG had supported for over eight years, but this year they had to go virtual due to the current COVID-19 restrictions. The owner, John Riley, was very excited to have ECG there, and they managed to get some fantastic prizes for the raffle. It was broken up into seven rounds, each with ten prizes, and they did the raffle live on Facebook. ECG was there to add to the excitement, showing off the prizes while maintaining social distance rules and wearing masks. The store was closed for the event, and they limited the attendance to just the staff and a few volunteers. This charity fundraiser for the John Thiessen Foundation, found under jtcf.org, managed to raise over $12,000, so it was a huge success. That's fantastic. 12000 Amazing. Amazing. Uh, really glad that uh, Empire City Garrison are uh, still being able to do so many events. Um, here's another one that they did. Uh, on December 19th, they attended the Salvation Army's Holiday Toy Giveaway. Holiday Toy Giveaway. Uh, the, the Salvation Army has a long tradition during the holiday season of giving needy families toys and presents for their kids they otherwise may not be able to afford. 
So due to the continuing virus restrictions, this was done as a drive-through event with no direct contact with the guests. Although ECG only had two days notice, Chris, TB6744, Joe, SL91452, and Bill, TK20177, deployed to answer the call. They were able to take photos with some of the families while maintaining social distance rules and wearing masks. Special thanks to Joe. SL91452 for organizing this troop with the Salvation Army. It was great to be able to do a holiday event like this safely. Garrison Tyrannus Inferno Squad once again organized a virtual convention, InfernoCon, the holiday special. It took place Saturday, December 19th, and featured special guests Greg Grunberg, Bobby Moynihan, Dominic Pace, Mike Quinn, Christy Golden, T.J. Ramini, Albin Johnson, our founder, and a special greeting from James Arnold Taylor. InfernoCon live-streamed panels on Star Wars costuming, trooping, gaming, 3D printing, droid building, and collecting, among others. InfernoCon also continued the squad's mission of raising funds for charitable causes, spreading goodwill, and just having fun during these challenging times. Make-A-Wish is our selected charity. You can catch up on anything you missed at inferno-con.com. Just click on the watch link at the top of the screen. Well, we have a little bit of a special treat uh, here for you. Now, 10 years ago on another podcast that I did, another Star Wars podcast I did, um, I had a unique opportunity to interview Dave Prowse. Um, and it, it's, it was a little hard to listen to. I was kind of new to podcasting back then. I'd only been doing it for a couple of years. Uh, so the sound quality is not that great. It was a Skype to telephone call, but you can still make out what he says. And I condensed it to what was most relevant. Um, and so for the next three and a half minutes, uh, listen to a very interesting conversation I had with uh, Dave Prowse where he mentions the 501st and uh, James Earl Jones, and I think uh, you might enjoy this as a fitting tribute. Hello, uh, Mr. Prowse. Is that Joe? Yes, it is Joe. <laughs> I'm glad you remembered. Uh, what are some of the activities with the Legion as an uh, honorary member and leader uh, that have kept you busy recently? Well, I, 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 get, I get the, um, the uh, 501 um, and various other, you know, other offshoots of, of, of the 501 um, to help me with charity fundraising. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm associated now with, I think, three or four different cancer charities over here. I, mean, I, had, I had prostate cancer last year, mm. and um, I got over it, fortunately. And so now I'm trying to raise funds for the for hospital where I was treated. And then from there, um, I, it seems that once you get involved with one cancer charity, every, they, all, they all come on the, on the bandwagon, as it were. And so I'm, I'm now working on behalf of Cancer Research, um, the Prostate Cancer Association, um, the Royal Morrison Hospital, uh, and, the, and now the um, Urology Foundation as well. And I'm also the vice president, I'm, I'm one of the vice presidents of the Physically Handicapped and Able Bodies Association as well. And so whenever I'm doing charity events, um, I just get in touch with the organizers of the 501 in this country and say, look, do me a favor, uh, I need half a dozen stormtroopers to help me, like, you know, to uh, escort me. And they're fantastic, they're absolutely fantastic. I mean, we have a, we have a wonderful time together and they, uh, they create a lot of attention, uh, especially with the kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, we raise, and we raise a lot of, uh, you know, charity funds. You're the man behind the Vader mask, and I, I want to publicly credit your physical acting ability. Uh, even, <laughs> it, sure, even though uh, James Earl Jones voiced over your spoken lines, uh, nevertheless, Darth Vader's body language in all three of the original trilogy films is all you. Uh, knowing, knowing you are the person who physically portrayed Darth Vader, to me, is very special. I want to personally thank you for your contribution to the greatest saga ever told in that capacity. I, I, 
I used to get the answer, well, you're going out, don't worry about it, because we're going to the sound studios, and we record all your dialogue at the end of the movie. And so I automatically thought, or <laughs> <laughs> well, wrongly, as, as it turned out, that I would be going into the um, sound studios to re-record all the dialogue. But then they, at the end of the movie, they chased back to America, and when they were in America, um, they decided to go with James Earl Jones. I, I think it was a question of um, either getting me out to Hollywood or whatever they were doing it, and my voice not being right. Mm. Alternatively, um, hire the, you know, the, the very best voice of artist in the world, which is James Earl Jones, and I think he had did an absolutely wonderful job. That's absolutely great. He does sound good, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just the the physical. I, mean, I still think I could have I, I uh, I made a good job of it. Um, <laughs> but I wasn't given the opportunity. And now a word from one of our sponsors. I'm Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight and friend to Captain Solo. With the economy the way it's been, my skills as both a Jedi and a pilot just aren't needed right now. So I've gone into business for myself. During the Battle of Endor, I learned a valuable trade, landscaping, and tree trimming. No matter what size yard you may have, I've got the skills it takes to manicure the plant life on your property the way it ought to look. Even my good friend Chewie is happy with what I did for his home on Kashyyyk. Sort of. Friendly, reliable, force-driven success. Luke Skywalker Landscaping Services. Call today for a free estimate from Mr. Skywalker himself. You can call me Luke. Congratulations to October Trooper of the Month, Jamie Francella, TD12173 from Central California Garrison. Here are some details from his nomination letter. Jamie is literally the example of what the Fire First Legion is. A little background on Jamie. He is an Army veteran with his huge teddy bear personality. He's like a magnet of positive energy that you just get pulled into. Right now, with COVID, troops are scarce, but he was able to safely organize an entire adoption troop for a family. A bunch of CCG troopers showed up, not just for the boy, but for Jamie, because they knew that just because Jamie was going to be there, that the troop was going to be extra special for that child. When Jamie is around, you can't help but just troop harder, smile more, and just be even more positive. It doesn't matter what is happening, he makes you want to be a super trooper to match his energy. Jamie does a lot on his own for the Legion and for the garrison without being asked or without wanting anything in return. He even helps out the community at the same time. He came up with this with this recycle program where he collects cans and recyclables from the community and turns them in, uses the money to purchase stickers to hand out at troops. So even the troopers in our garrison that haven't been able to troop still feel like they're cont contributing and being a part of something bigger. It's all because of Jamie that the morale of the garrison has been up and positive. No one asked him to do to do anything. He's just been doing it. He is such a helpful person in giving build tips and helping newbies. It doesn't matter to him if you're an experienced builder or have never built armor before. He's always down to help, and he really makes you feel like you belong. If he says he's going to be there, you can count on it. First one there, last one to leave, and he's going to troop until every kid, every family has said hello, gotten their picture, and gotten a sticker. I can go on and on about what an amazing person he is, but more important than anything else is... Jamie represents all the good the 501st Legion still is and will always be, no matter the circumstances of the world. A shining example of a 501st Legion member. Very much congratulated, Jamie. Yeah, that was awesome. Wow. Cool guy. So a new segment we'd like to add to each episode of the 501st cast is a charity spotlight. Since our ability to bring help bring awareness to our local charities via our normal way, events, has been greatly diminished these past 10 months, we wanted to help shine at least a flashlight-sized light on some of our members' favorite charities to work with and support. Many of our units support large national or worldwide charities that have fairly sizable name recognition, like Make-A-Wish, obviously. Um, but my hope for this segment is to highlight some of the smaller charities that often don't get as much support. So I'll kick it off for this episode, and then we'll have a new charity highlight each future episode based on suggestions from our Legion charity officers. And my fellow co-hosts can submit in the future as well. 
So one of the many charities that Garrison Excelsior volunteers for and with is local to the capital region of New York State and is called Things of My Very Own. Their main focus is crisis intervention, specifically children impacted by neglect and abuse. Emergency services are often provided within four hours. Their name refers to the fact that so many children escaping bad situations do so with just the clothes on their backs. Things of My Very Own fundraises year-round and solicits donations from the community and businesses to be able to provide to children and their caregivers the basic needs like food, clothes, shoes, diapers, formula, even things you might not think of like mattresses, school supplies, toys, and books. But beyond the much-needed material needs, they also have programs to help children develop self-confidence and self-esteem to help reduce the chances of future victimization. I know that the staff at Things of My Very Own would be the first to agree with me that they wish such an organization wasn't so desperately needed in our communities, but I am so grateful and inspired at the hard work both physical and mental, that their volunteers put in at all hours of the day to make sure the children in their community have things to call their own. So, who saw Mandalorian Season 2? What's the Mandalorian you're speaking? You mean like Boba Fett? Uh, well, he looks like the inspiration for Boba Fett, perhaps. <laughs> yes. Uh, we've all seen it. Yes, I? Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. yep. I saw it. All right. So this would be the point where people who haven't seen it might want to close off early. Yep. See you next time. <laughs> to avoid spoilers. If you love spoilers, stay tuned. We're going to talk about some great uh, elements about the Mandalorian, mostly like especially the costumes and some of the new things that we've seen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think this has been the only show that, like, society has demanded that you have to... I don't know. I guess I didn't get into, like, the the Game of Thrones or Walking Dead or any of those other shows that also had that similar effect to pop culture. Um, So this has been the only one where I had to make sure. Of course, my son would get up at, what was it, 2 or 3 in the morning when they first aired it on the East Mm -hmm. Coast. Mm-hmm. And then, and then he'd be like bugging me all day. So you know, you better watch it soon because there's no spoilers. <laughs> so I had to like stay off social media until we could watch it. Uh, so yeah, I found I found myself typically watching like first thing Friday morning, you know, before going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, what tr- part in the finale yeah. did you guys cry? Oh, the finale, just the finale now? Oh, you're yeah. cutting right to the uh, chase there. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. thankfully, there was a box of Kleenex nearby. Uh, it went from sheer joy to uh, tears of joy. I mean, I jumped up off of the, the couch and uh, I, I think a few feet and with a giant yes coming out from my lips. And then I sat down and the tears began to flow. Yeah. Yeah, as, as soon as that next wing or as soon as they announced that an X-Wing is coming, just one X-Wing, not two, as we've seen in prior episodes, um, I, you know, I perked up a little bit, right? And then, and then, uh, Grogu was looking, uh, a certain way, and I was like, oh no, no, really? Is this really gonna be Luke? And there he was, being a badass. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah, I, 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 go ahead, Nikki. I think I kept saying, like, they better not be fooling us. They better not be fooling us. <laughs> like, every time they gave that little hint, like the, the gloved hand. Yeah. You know, and, and the X-Wing, obviously. And when, yeah, like you said, when Grogu touched the screen, I'm like, it's a Force-sensitive person that's coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, they better not be fooling us. It was I, a very... I uh, was uh, totally thinking the whole time that it was not Luke. I did not want to get my hopes up, you know? <laughs> I'm like, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. Still, even when he's going, you know, like, he's wearing black. He's got a green lightsaber. No, it couldn't be. <laughs> uh, see, and being a droid mom, I actually didn't cry because, like you, I was also disbelieving that they would actually make it be Luke. I didn't cry until R2 appeared because I was totally not expecting that at all. Like, Luke, I kind of got. 
But then I'm like, well, of course R2 is going to be in the X-Wing. Why didn't I think of that? But it wasn't until he rolled up. Oh, my God. <laughs> the lightsaber sequence uh, reminded me of Rogue One. And I thought to myself, like father, like son. It, yes. And yeah. I think it was done on purpose. Yeah. Totally. Um, Nikki, do you know who built this R2 unit? Like in real life? Can I'm we... not sure, actually. Okay. Although I know that the first thing all the droid builders were like, why does he have these two little metal things on his shoulder, huh? Oh, we were like, point. that was the first thing we looked at. And they weren't there the whole time. They were only there when he was, I think, in like three-legged mode. But when he went to two-legged to like look down at Grogu, they weren't uh-huh. like, so we're like, what? <laughs> so, of course, just like the 501st Legion, you know, inspecting all the costumes <laughs> and whatnot, the droid builders were also looking at R2 going, what What are those things on your shoulder? So what are they? Do you know? No, because they were only there like part of the time. And someone's like, they just put them there to mess with us. I bet. <laughs> I had read that they thought it might have been something left over from the um, tray from Return of the Jedi. The orange? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because it would have been somewhat shortly after that. Well, nine years after that, or f- five. I, I keep, I keep forgetting the timeline, but yeah, I haven't been good with the timeline either. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be about five years after Jedi. Okay. Yeah. But the entire season, guys, the entire season was just. Yeah. Uh, I just I mean, right from the crazy <laughs> dragon. You know, to Bib Fortuna at the end. I mean, that's uh, all these, all these nice throwbacks and you know visits of of familiar places, but also just expanding more into you know what we what we take for granted. I guess you know we saw we saw the the Kray Dragon skeleton, but you know, and we saw, I guess we were exposed to you know Kray Dragons in in, in in different media. I guess uh, online games and uh, novels, but to actually see see that creature and how big that that guy was wow but yeah i mean that, that's how it all started that that first chapter and of mm-hmm. of the yeah. second season did you yeah. watch the uh the behind the scenes gallery about them creating the crate dragon y- yes the yeah. the the only episode this this the yeah. uh, this season yeah 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 I thought that was interesting, you know, the fact that they talked about how, you know, liquefying sand is how it got around and mm-hmm. and then how John Favreau kept just saying, like, OK, make it bigger, make it bigger, make it bigger. <laughs> um, but in that really... episode, I was, I was going to in that episode, of course, we uh, we are introduced to Cobb Vanth. Mm-hmm. And who is wearing, of course, Boba Fett's armor. Mm hmm. So really, in now in the Mandalorian, there's probably three different possible costumes that could be new CRLs, right? Because we could have Cobb Vanth in Boba Fett armor. We could have Boba Fett when he first puts on the armor and then have it again when it's repainted, right? Because in the mm-hmm. next episode, he's touched it up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if have we determined, I guess, if Cobb Vanth is considered a bad guy. I don't know. I haven't followed the bounty hunters discussions. Yeah, that's. A th- I should probably give a little disclaimer there. We, you know, I don't think any of us know, you know, for many of the costumes that have been introduced in the Mandalorian, you know, whether or not they've actually been, you know, formally like accepted, you know, into a detachment or determined whether or not they will be five hundred first. The other thing I liked about, I think, it was that episode, um, was that they actually consulted with. Um, people who speak American Sign Language to work with the Tuscans and the Tuscan, the lead Tuscan that was signing is yep. also in the deaf community so that it was, you know, real, <laughs> you know, the sign language that they were doing was, was more believable, I guess. So I thought that was a very good touch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very nice. The, um, uh, the Tuscans themselves, you know, has anybody, or is anybody of us, any one of us, a Tuscan? No. No? I don't think so. No. Okay. Uh, they do look a little bit different, I've noticed, but I don't know if there's going to be a separate CRL or anything. Um, I haven't looked at the details too much, but uh, I know they look a little bit different, but they're very close. Have they hired any of, of our Tuscans this time? I mean, there were so many, but you would think that's like the logical you know, conclusion to 
you know, to get some of our guys on board, but I, I haven't heard anything about that. No, I don't mm. think so. Okay. Just wondering. Yeah, I mean, I know the Jawas, the off-world Jawas are different from the Tatooine Jawas. Right. But, right. but I'm not sure that these Tuscans are going to be drastically different. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a Tuscan either, so I haven't, <laughs> haven't looked at it. What are some of the differences with the Jawas? Um, I, I, I'm aware of some, but I'd be interested to hear uh, your uh, detail, Nikki, since you are a Jawa yourself. And actually, Marcus, you just got approved with your Jawa as well, didn't you? Yes, sir. Yep. Yep. Con- congratulations. So, Thank you. Thank you. So obviously, we both did the brown-toned um, Tatooine Jawas. Um, the yellow with the, eyes. Yeah, with the yellow eyes. But the off-world ones are more of like a almost black. Mm-hmm. Grayish, brownish. <laughs> They're a lot darker. They're noticeably yeah. darker, and I believe it's more of a a red amber versus like a yellow amber for the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I didn't really study the bandoliers to see how much different they are, but it all like even within the Tatooine Jawas, all their bandoliers <laughs> are different variations. Um, they don't all wear the exact same pattern, so to speak, yep. or configuration. So. <laughs> And for our listeners that aren't current members uh, of the 501st, um, Marcus, how tall t- how tall are you? Um, six two. That's right. Marcus is a six two Jawa. Why don't you uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about that and the the legend of the tall Jawas in A New Hope? So there's one. Okay, to to answer your second question or second part. So there is a a tall. Jawa, I think he's also maybe called Chief Jawa, I'm not sure, but he is noticeably taller. Um, you can see him uh, or her, I'm not sure, at the uh, Sandcrawler during the uh, droid exchange uh, or droid sale. And he is, yeah, he's, he's he's quite tall. I'm not sure how tall he is, but... Um, so he looks like about the, like, as tall as C-3PO, right? Yeah, and... Um, yeah. He's yeah he's he's five something C three PO in the upper fives I think, but uh, the main you know the main reason really is is, is comfort. I've I've come from a uh, heavy armor background, um, not being able to sit or anything, and I just wanted something still with a mask but something comfortable. So I went with a Java, and um, Javas are um, I fell in love with the Javas. Thanks to Nikki as well, and I'm super glad I, I, I went that route, and now I'm a tall Jawa. Find me, <laughs> find me in Tennessee at, at troops in other, <laughs> in other states. But yeah, that's that's really that's really it. But yeah, there's definitely, um, and we covered this during some of our life events too. There's really no restriction in in heights, you know, as long as as long as. Uh, you know, you have the accuracy down. You can be, you can be as tall or as short as you want for any any costume, really. So we kind of like skipped right over to Luke. I know that was my fault. Um, but there was also, obviously, at least three other major characters for this season that had everyone like super excited. Obviously, we talked about Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, Bo-Katan was early on there. Mm-hmm. That's right, and then and then obviously Ahsoka. Yes. So it was. This seemed like a huge season, <laughs> as far as you know, pulling from from the uh, the past Star Wars universe. I keep uh, putting the uh, hashtag on social media, um, and it's uh, 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 in Filoni we trust. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I loved Clone Wars. I only saw Clone Wars actually a few years ago um, because of Rebels season two when they started introducing characters like Ahsoka and Rex. And I'm like, oh, I guess I better go back and watch Clone Wars, and um, which was fantastic. I mean, Rebels was excellent, and now the Mandalorian. I mean, it's just uh, just amazing. Um, yeah, got gotta love Dave Filoni and jo- John Favreau and what they've done. <laughs> I just want absolutely ch- fantastic. I want a challenge coin. With Infaloni we trust on the on the uh, bezel. <laughs> that would be great. Him and his cowboy hat as the uh, you know on the backside. Oh my gosh, that's that's amazing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I read up on um, 
I read up on Mr. Mr. Vanth, Cobb Vanth. So uh, he first appeared in, in a novel um, by by Chuck Wendig, uh, Aftermath. Yeah, the, let's say the Aftermath series, right? Yeah. yeah. And, oh, okay. And, and uh, he is a, a former imperial slave, which makes him good, right? But then he's also a member of uh, Maul's Crimson Dawn Syndicate, which then also turns, you know, turns him bad. And then after that, he became marshal of, you know, Mus Mus Palgo, which um, he seemed good, right? He seemed he seemed like a like a decent uh, decent fellow uh, in in a way. Um, so, so I'm not sure where he's going to fall under. He's Italian. Mm. He 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 keeps switching sides. I can say that because I'm Italian. Yeah. <laughs> but he uh, <laughs> doesn't know what side to play. So we'll see where where he ends up in which in which legion, I guess. So yeah, it seems like there's a lot probably in the um the denizens, I would think, where a lot of these characters would fall. You know, there were those um those pirate type characters, right, that uh, tried to abduct, abduct Grogu from uh the Mandalorian. Yeah. Right. And uh so I mean so there's some some more possible costumes. I would think those would probably be uh uh say, you know, five oh first. We've got um we had more appearances of of course the biker scouts and shore troopers and uh mm-hmm. I think people might have a hard time making a dark trooper, though. Yeah. Somebody will. (laughs) Well, I just saw actually this morning that there's um, the 3D print files for it. So it would be similar like uh, to a K2SO or a a battle droid that it would be pretty much a a big statue, I think. Well, in in that that behind-the-scenes... Real that uh, Todd mentioned earlier. They had, did actually have two in costume, at least two. So it's definitely you know possible to have um, to have that as a movable um, you know costume where you don't have to hide yourself behind or something. Uh, at least that's that's how it seemed. Hmm. So yeah, you might want to want to check that out. But um, it's definitely a great a great uh, costume for sure. Yeah, what I took away from that uh, uh, gallery uh, behind the scenes was that they were in costume, but then they enhanced it digitally, right? They, I think they specifically mentioned they added pistons to the joints and oh, okay. uh, and okay. things of that nature. Um, but then, uh, from what I recall too, I think they pretty much had you know a very very wide shoulders and like a narrow waist, right? Mm-hmm. So that, it, that I think that had been all digitally kind of erased as yeah. well. Okay. Okay. Maybe just the upper upper body was mostly uh, human, I guess, and then they did you know some digital, digital enhancements mm-hmm. on the on the lower part. But yeah, those those were fantastic. It kind of actually reminds me. I'm, I'm a Transformers fan as well, so it kind of reminds me of like a Megatron. I know the there original. Was... Oh, yes. Something good about you, Todd. I knew it. <laughs> Grimmy for the win for me. I'm a Grimlock fan. Myself. <laughs> but yeah, just, you know, the, there's the, the broad shoulders, the kind of the flat front and the, the, the head. And they just, yeah, it reminded me of Megatron. But I know a lot of people, of course, are big fans of these characters since they originally appeared. What is the uh, Dark Forces video game? Yes. Yes. <laughs> 1994 or five, something like that. Oh, I, remember, I remember playing this till. I should have been studying, but I played that. I mean, it was it was crazy, but it was a great, you know, you know, the first like after Doom, like the first, you know, Star Wars, you know, first person first person shooter, which um which took really the the fandom by storm, and that was uh, such a good game. Yeah, but yeah, that's where we first saw them. Yeah, you're right, and you know, in 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 a variation, I guess, um, not exactly what we've seen on the screen, but they were definitely introduced there as a as a concept. And so the history there then, uh, is that they're kind of imbued with some aspects of the force or some force powers. I don't recall. I don't recall. And they're just the bad guys. They're just the ones to shoot. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, Nikki, Nikki, you mentioned Bo-Katan. So what was, um, cool was, you know, that we, you know, we saw her appear in, in uh, Clone Wars and uh, Rebels, correct? Rebels as well. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, you know, voiced by Katie Sackhoff and having her play the real, you know, word, uh, world version of, of Bo-Katan, that was pretty cool. She, though, was the reason that I got spoiled on that episode. <gasps> oh, because, no. Because she posted online on, I don't know if it's Twitter or Instagram, um, she's like, I can't wait for Friday. I'm like, why is she saying that? <laughs> is she just like a random Star Wars fan or is there some significance to this? And so I'm like, oh, boy. Well, she didn't so you were say it. why. Yeah. She just said so she couldn't wait for Friday. Uh, maybe she was going somewhere fun on Friday. She didn't really say yeah. why. <laughs> no, it was a lot like Mark Hamill posting... So, anybody watch anything interesting today? No, that was funny. There's a method to their madness there. <laughs> well, I'm a big like, um, Battlestar Galactica fan, especially the reimagined um, series. And um, seeing, uh, I mean, of course, uh, I follow uh, Katie Sackhoff a lot. I, I love her to death. Um but uh, I I loved her specifically. You follow her online, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, I'm not a stalker. Okay. No, no. I'm, <laughs> Just yeah, wanted to make that clear. Not that kind of guy. <laughs> um, I, I absolutely loved her as uh, Starbuck, and uh, for mm -hmm. her to come back, not just voicing the character, but seeing her not only uh, obviously sounding the part because she voiced the character, but looking exactly like the character that was animated, uh, blew me away. And uh, I'm glad to have uh, Starbuck in Star Wars now. <laughs> I too thought she did a great job and the character was so different from Starbuck you know uh, and, and I mean she, she actually does a very good job I was um, seeing her in The Flash this last season um, and, and she's got a British accent and she's very kind of larger than life and uh, a very different character again she's uh, had some great appearances hmm. so going back to the episode that introduces Ahsoka um, that was one of the reasons that episode was one of the reasons why I was had convinced myself that Luke wasn't going to be the one to come for Grogu, because as soon as they had mentioned um, Grand Admiral Thrawn, I had assumed that if they're bringing him, they're going to bring Ezra because they were off together on space whales or something. Mm -hmm. So I had like convinced myself in my head that Ezra was going to be the one that was going to answer the call. So. Mm. That's why when I was watching, you know, even when the X-Wing came, I still was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I really didn't think the Mandalorian was going to intersect with the Skywalker saga, but uh, it was uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful appearance, especially uh, uh, such a stark contrast to, of course, the older Luke that we've seen, um, you know, after ever, all the turmoil and the um uh, you know, hiding himself away for so long, et cetera. So it was nice to go back and see young Luke when he, uh, you know, still is working towards, uh, you know, benefiting the galaxy. Mm -hmm. The other cool thing about that episode where they introduced Ahsoka was um, the actress that they decided on for the magistrate. Um, mm -hmm. I, I thought that was a really interesting tie in that they actually, you know, chose someone from a martial arts background, the, granddaughter of Bruce Lee. That's right. To to play that part. I thought that was that was really nice. They could have just, you know, gotten anyone and had a stunt double, you know, do the the stunts, but like with Cardoon where they actually, you know, pulled someone who is, you know, physical activity in their background mm -hmm. for um Cardoon, I thought it was really a great casting that they picked someone who actually has martial arts training and whatnot. And of course, uh, there was the appearance too of, um, oh, I just blanked on his name, uh, who was in Terminator. Mm, Michael um, Bean. Thank you, Michael Bean. Yes. Uh, that, that was cool as soon as I'm like, hey, haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. What uh, else? I guess. Uh, was, well, uh, one other character we haven't talked about yet that, um, you know, I haven't seen a CRL come out for yet, but I wouldn't doubt that somebody will be building one of these soon if they're not already. And that's uh, Fennec Shand. Mm. And Moff Gideon, too. Right. Yep. True. Yeah. I know I did see one person complaining, so to speak, about Fennec 
because they were researching the costume and they got a, a back shot of her hair. And her hair is like 50 million tiny little braids. Oh. And it's like, oh, my God. It couldn't have just been, you know, two braids that went into a ponytail. No. is this huge an intricate mass of hair weaving and it's like ugh <laughs> pretty much <laughs> have to, to do a wake that. for that then yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that way when you get into into trooping in that costume you can just put that on instead of having to actually you know <laughs> recreate it every time right right so what do you what are you guys thinking is going to happen and now we got to wait over a year for season 3 and it's spin off that's right right the uh the book of boba mm-hmm. or could the book of boba be season three no it's actually separate it is separate they did determine yeah. that okay it was first speculated because during that announcement where all these um, series were announced they didn't mention anything about um you know mando three so people thought okay um you know what's going to happen and then as and then when boba fett was announced you know, a couple of days later, uh, it was still nothing on, on Mando 3. So, but then I think they, um, finally, you know, said, okay, yeah, we will have something Mando 3 plus, plus Boba Fett. But, uh, Nikki, to, to your, uh, question, what's, what's, what's gonna, what's gonna happen? Well, I mean, it's called the Mando, right? It's Mandalorian. It's not called, you know, Grogu. So I think, uh, Grogu will take a step back and, um, you know, I'm sure we'll, we, we hear from him or, we visit him, but I think it's just uh, going to be, going to be, uh, you know, Fanny is out and uh, Boba's out, so it's just going to be Mando and uh, I don't know who else. Maybe just uh, just him for now. But I'm sure in Filoni we trust he'll he'll think of something. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, yeah, we will see Man, you know, Din Djarin actually doing other. You know, bounties, adventures, etc. Without Grogu, but it'll come around, I'm sure. Without but. the Razor Crest, apparently. Oh yeah, yeah. What's he going to be flying yeah. around in now? Because it certainly won't be Slave One. Um, I, I it'll expect be Gideon's, to... Gideon's ship. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> just giant. The Imperial, Imperial cruiser. Just himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get to see how what his uh, Sabak skills are like, and he goes and visits Lando, and then that's how that series gets started. <laughs> <laughs> you might be onto something there. Yeah. <laughs> Although the the Lando series, uh, have we heard it uh, whether it is um, uh, Donald the Donald Glover? Mm-hmm. No, Donald Glover the elder one. No, John John no. It's Donald, isn't it? It is Donald. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've heard that it's going yeah. to be more than one time period for that show. So oh, it might okay. not so it might not oh. just be young Lando, it might also be older Lando. Hmm. I'm thinking like a young Indiana Jones Chronicles type show where like you start out with like the old Lando and he talks about his reminiscence about the oh. secret adventures and then you get the younger Lando and watch him actually do the adventures. That's what I'm picturing in my head. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd like that. Well, if they do that, then Daniel Logan must be involved. <laughs> I, I hope uh, that. OK, we want that now. We want young, <laughs> younger Boba with Daniel Logan. Make it so. To borrow a trick phrase. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's uh, about most of the new costumes and appearances in The Mandalorian. And uh, yeah, we've got a little bit of a wait. And hopefully it doesn't get uh, delayed too badly with, uh, you know, the, um, you know, lack of, you know, industry work, et cetera, and the delays that they're seeing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But um, yeah, definitely looking forward to its return. Yeah, me too. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast can be tuned in via iTunes, podcasts.com, or Stitcher. Stitcher. 
The 501st Cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to Facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion, or go to Twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st Cast is also available on the iHeartRadio app. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it follows generally accepted ground rules for Star Wars fan groups. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Used under authorization. Is it John Tyson or Tyson? I think we've been saying Thyssen. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> but I have no idea if that's actually let's, correct. <laughs> let's, go, let's go with, with Thyssen. <laughs> okay. Gred Grun... Gr- <laughs> All right. Don't know if we want to put like a little Mandalorian music segue. Sure, I'll find before something. Before we do there. the like round table thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to find something. I'm sure I could... Uh... Uh, YouTube is a great resource. Uh, well, I think those are uh, licensed, right? So how about we just do our own? Do, 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 do. Uh, <laughs> uh, good point. I don't know. We, I think you can play with like a certain amount of seconds or something. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a podcast. Or yeah, if this podcast were monetized, I'd agree with you. All right, guys. Should we add a little tag then at the end? Oh yes. Um, yeah. What shall we tag it with? Like, well, there's either going to be a tag music before we get to the credits, I guess. No, there's either going to be a tag, or this is going straight to the blooper reel. One of the two. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, some some kind of transition music. I'll find something. Yeah. Then the website reminder thingy. Website reminder thingy. Uh Oh, what was that? Oh, as always, you can always find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. And uh, then, so then that's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I can stop recording now. Yes, you may. All right. Sounds like blooper material. <laughs> <laughs> I see your point, sir.